getting you out of the church and back into the wild. Welcome to the Barbarian Prophet. Welcome back to another episode, Horde. We're glad that you are able to join us. I just want to say thank you to everybody that is turning somebody else onto this podcast because uh, it's obvious that we're growing. Today, we are joined by number one, our producer, Redbeard. Heck yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> and we have a very special guest here out of Wyoming. We like to call her Prairie Wife, but for sake of this show, we're going to call her P-Dub. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to need to get like a motorcycle jacket with that on the back. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, it'll uh-huh. definitely be cool. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, PW, what we've got is um, we uh, have only just met. Yes. But I actually, uh, Redbeard and I have been fans of yours for a long time. We Thank listen you. to you every morning. Love that. And uh, she is on a, on a local show, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, my goodness. Well, you, you I like... can even start clean back in know, uh, right? Wisconsin day. Hey, there now, yeah. Yeah, I'd like it if you if you tell us a little on your Wisconsin side. We'll pick up some listeners there if we change how we're Oh, talking. yeah, let me borrow you a snowblower, you know. Um, so, why well, don't we start... But they do make Harleys there. They do. In Milwaukee, where <laughs> yeah, I'm from, yeah, they yeah, do. So that, oh, I know. That makes Wisconsin cool. I've ridden on the back of quite a few of those. <laughs> Might have had a soft spot for motorcycle people before. For the cowboys now i like cowboys yeah and you know my daughter did the same thing i raised her in a whole biker hood <laughs> yeah. and then she married a cowboy and i, I was like what, what about do we do those wrong? wranglers i don't think you want me to get into details <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we're gonna take a pass on this send your hate mail to uh, yeah <laughs> prairie wife in heels uh, oh, oh no i i am the hate mail guru oh <laughs> you are sweet can i forward mine to you Heck yeah all right i love it Redbeard. Um, so I like to say, um, I'm trying to think of where to start. So Prairie Wife and Heels is yeah. who I'm known, um, how I'm known locally. And as you mentioned, I have a radio show on the country music station. Um, I also have a blog, which is what I started. And I started blogging because I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's mm-hmm. that accent there. And um, I moved out to Wyoming to attend the University of Wyoming, which was totally a fluke. Go Pokes. Right? Amen. Wyoming proud. Um, so I came out to Wyoming when I was 12 on vacation. And I was like, oh, I'm going to live here. And my parents were like, okay, city girl who's never even like gone camping before. Mm-hmm. You do that. Um, ended up applying to the University of Wyoming. And my second year there, I met the man that is now my husband. And he's a cowboy. And slowly but surely, he took this young lady who said, my children will never play with guns. There is no reason for toy guns. I'm not kidding. I was sit. I was sit. E took me from that to now we live on 10 acres. You name it. We've got it. Um, cows, horses, chickens. We have five kids, uh, avid hunters. That's how we feed our family is with elk and then, you know, the cows that we butcher and the Mm -hmm. pigs that we butcher. Mm -hmm. So um, that's why it's the prairie wife in heels, because now I've got that prairie part. But the heels is kind of a nod to that city-fied part. 
Yep. Yeah. So I was, um, did I say already I have five kids? No. Long Wyoming winters. I don't know. Yeah. Well, sometimes TV doesn't work. (laughs) No power for weeks on end. Um, So anyway, I have five kids and I stayed home with them for 11 years. And somewhere in the course of that, I decided that I needed more connection. It's Mm -hmm. really isolating. I don't care where you live. Being a stay at home mom is isolating. Absolutely. And a lot of women here in Wyoming, they definitely relate to that. I mean, yes. We've got a lot of people that, uh, especially living out on a ranch, mm-hmm. I, I know that when Christy and I first got married, that I lived on a ranch and I didn't come to town for 11 months. Yeah. Yeah. Or your husband works in the oil fields and you're a single mom five days a week. That's what I was for nine years. Yep. Yeah. He didn't work in the oil field, but he was gone for five days a week. So I decided I wanted to start sharing my experiences as a mother. So I just mm-hmm. started that blog, prairiewifeandheels.com. And after about three years, it kind of turned into something. Right. And then. So um, how did you end up at the radio? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I know it's ridiculous. Started, I know. Right? And oh, by the way, my degree is in elementary education. <laughs> I taught first grade. <laughs> so, Excellent. You know. um, so and I that's st- why she gets along good with me and Redbeard. Right. I, she can communicate at yeah, our level. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Slow and steady. <laughs> Make the eye contact. Pause for understanding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, someone understands us. I- <laughs> <laughs> Don't pressure me. Yeah, so I started doing the blogging, and um, then one day the TV station said, hey, will you come on and do a spot with us on the news about your mom stuff? And I was like, okay, yes, give me more attention, please. Um, And then I started doing that, and then all of a sudden the local radio station said, hey, do you want to come on AM radio and talk with us about your mom stuff? And I said, absolutely. And they had such a positive reaction to that. It went from a three-minute segment to a 15-minute-plus segment Mm -hmm. every single week. And then um, the man who's now my boss said, "Uh, hey, do you want to DJ the afternoon radio station on the country station? And I was like, "Um, okay. So I started doing that. And then all of a sudden they said, hey, do you want a show with Doc every single weekday morning? And I said, okay. And there you are. Yeah, you start pretty early in the morning. Yeah, we are 6 to 10 a.m. every morning. And I'm keeping you out late tonight, so I'm already apologizing. You're fine. You're fine. You're (laughs) fine. God made caffeine for a reason. Absolutely. (laughs) So when you, uh, so there you get started in in doing the radio thing. But you continue blogging. Absolutely. And your, your blog is a very important part of every, your communication level. Yeah, it's honestly, it's therapy for me. Forget about if anyone reads <laughs> reads it. For me to sit down and write twice a week about what's going on, it really has focused me over the last six years to process a lot of things I didn't realize I wasn't processing. So give me a couple of things that you have covered on your blog because I'd like to direct people to look that up. Yeah, so it is prairiewifeandheels.com yet again. Um, The whole purpose of the blog, I believe when you're doing anything, and I'm sure you did this with your podcast, you kind of form a mission statement, right? What is your purpose? What are you doing? What message do you want to send? And then you kind of bounce everything off of that. Right. So my mission at prairiewifeandheels.com is to offer support to other women, wives, and mothers to show them how to lead a life of grit and grace. Nice. Grit and grace is my hashtag. That's my jam. I think that sums up Wyoming women right there. I would say that sums up a lot of women, even outside of this state. Amen, because we are tough. 
You know, <laughs> women <clears throat> women definitely in society have always felt that they are, you know, that men are this dominant thing. And the reality is God always created men and women to stand side by side. Absolutely. There is a reason that a woman is taken from the side. is be, It's not to be under our foot or to be over our head. Amen. It's to be protecting guard our hearts and and we both have intrinsic strengths right there's some things that i don't care who you are and i believe i'm a feminist i really am because i think women should have a right to do whatever they want agreed but that doesn't mean i'm better than men absolutely not there's some things that my husband is way better at than i am and i'm cool with that well and the thing is is that one doesn't take away from the other absolutely not they complement that's why it's a partnership exactly. a marriage if you will absolutely and i that, agree and that's why uh the reason that uh when you look at the rib of a boat okay mm -hmm. the boat can power through but with the waves crushing in if the rib isn't there it will collapse the boat absolutely so there's strength in, in both areas and that's mm -hmm. that's one thing that i do like about your blog is that what you're doing is reminding women of the strength that they have within themselves. Yeah, that whole grit and grace thing. Um, so I'm as I'm talking, I'm trying to think about some of the most popular posts that I've done. Um, I did one about running. I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. This is something that I did not start out doing. I didn't grow up doing any sports at all. I'm the least athletic person you've ever met. But I learned that running gave me time away from everything, the noise, the constant of the kids and the demands of the house and allowed me just to think all the things through that I'd been ignoring. Like there's been runs where I've had tears running down my face as I'm dealing with things. Um, so I've talked about that. I talk about marriage. I talk about, um, I call them their, my mama mantras. Mm -hmm. With five kids, you name the behavior issue, I've probably had it. So I very openly talk about my struggles with my kids kids and um one of my favorites is we don't negotiate with terrorists yes <laughs> you know I and didn't if you're have... a parent trust me this should be something that becomes a mantra well i never had that problem with because i only had the one i didn't have five so yeah. they could come oh they, they do they're like together wolves. And, they smell yeah. fear oh, they're oh, yeah. like oh you have a headache or the baby kept you all night great let yeah. me see what i can do with that <laughs> Yeah, that's plum frightening right yeah, there to think, true. man, I'm glad I didn't have five yeah, of them yeah. now. God knew what he was doing, right? Oh, oh without um, that. Yeah, and then I also, three years ago, I underwent a preventive mastectomy, which is a mastectomy before a cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And um, that was because my mom and sister both had breast cancer. And I was told by many doctors, it's not a question of if you're going to get cancer, it's a question of when. Right. And I want to be there for my kids. So right. I felt like for me, the right choice was to do this. Um, so I, when I Googled it, like any modern day woman does, I came across nothing. Um, my youngest was still nursing at the time I had to make this decision. I right. was a stay at home mom with no family that lives anywhere near. And I was trying to figure out how do I take care of my family through this? Absolutely nothing. So I vowed that I would share everything about my experience, including pictures on my blog to offer support to other women. Once again, it goes back to that mission statement right. um, in a way that I didn't have. And so I did. And that actually took the blog to a whole nother level as well. And I still have um, just yesterday, I had a woman that emailed me and said, thank you so much for doing this because you put this out there. I was able to make the best choice for my family and have the strength to undergo this same procedure so I could be there. That's amazing. And I've had hundreds, if not thousands, my um, surgeons in Denver use my blog as a resource for all their patients because it's accurate and it helps them make the right decision that's great you know 
you and I discuss it. The reason we do what we do is not to reach millions, but just to reach the one. One. If mm -hmm. we can just have the focus of yeah. one. You know, I, I actually, I went to a conference one time where I met a, a pastor that actually filled up a soccer stadium down in Columbia. He filled it up four times every Sunday. It's 80,000 wow. people would come in and leave. Yeah. The next 80,000 come in and leave. He did it four times. Wow. He's talking to me through an interpreter and he says, uh -huh. so Bert, how, how many uh, people in your church? And I said, well, I have five sometimes and I've had up to 27. He goes, whoa. Five thousand's pretty good. I said, no, like Cinco, man, like five. I, I preach at a county jail. And he goes, but we all go back to eating breakfast because I'm like, okay, well, that conversation's over. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add to that one. <laughs> and so then he turns around. And to make sure I understood, he spoke through his interpreter. And he said, how many people are you trying to lead to the Lord? And I said, just one. And he said, me too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as long as we have that mindset. Yep then we will help many. Absolutely. Then it's worth the time. Absolutely. Yep. So I, I want you to know, I truly appreciate what you're doing there because I do believe you're making a huge impact. Thank you. That goes far beyond the Wyoming borders. Thank you. And uh, that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on here is because I want other people to be grabbing onto this. And, and that's a scary time in life. Yeah. You know, when you hear the word <clears throat> breast cancer about someone in your family or about yourself, you immediately just hit fear mode. Right. But I wanted to make it very clear that if you watched your mother go through that battle mm -hmm. or an aunt or a grandmother, you don't have to just wait in fear for a diagnosis. You can throw the first punch in that fight against cancer. Because I just know so, oh, I watched my mom and I'm just every MRI, I'm just stressed out for weeks afterwards till I have the results. You don't have to do that. Now, there's a lot that goes into how you can, um, you know, qualify for it and everything like that. And all of that is on the blog. I have yeah. all those resources. I mean, insurance <clears throat> paid for mine 100%. Should we play a guessing game? Do you want to guess how much a preventive mastectomy and reconstructive surgery is? Keep in mind, this is three surgeries. Three surgeries. Three surgeries over the course of a year. How much do you think? I'm going to go 220. Half a million dollars. Half a million bucks. And that's not even counting the out of packet for traveling to Denver like no, we yeah. had to do, the hotel, child care, <laughs> all that stuff. So just the surgeries, half a million. It's cheaper than losing you. It is. I would think so. You're very valuable. <laughs> that's what my husband said. Yeah, and I agree with your he husband. Never, he never once questioned it at all. He said, all right, let's do it. That's great. Yeah. And, and you know, that's a huge thing too, having the right support. That's a beautiful thing about having a great marriage. And you know what? That is so true because I did have people that I loved that were like, just cut sugar out of your diet. You'll be fine. Aren't you being a little extreme? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> do you really need to do this? And that's okay. That's okay because that's where they were then. And it doesn't right. matter. I'm doing what is right for my family. And that's something I emphasize with everything. Even my parenting advice and, um, you know, talking about miscarriages and things like that. I always make it clear. This is my story. This is what worked for me. Take what you want. This is what worked for my family. Right. You do what you need to do. And hey, that changes week by week, day by day. Without a doubt. Yeah, it's hunting season. What works for dinner tonight would not work if my husband were home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? I can totally day understand. Day by day. Because <laughs> when Christy's home, I eat well. When Christy's not home, I'm peanut butter and crackers guy. Cold so, cereal. Cold cereal. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can. Uh, now, so 
you know, one thing we had talked about is what has drawn you up in your faith. Mm-hmm. You're you're Catholic. I am. And you, I'm a cradle Catholic. You're a cradle. Explain that. So a cradle Catholic means I was born into the faith. Okay. I have never known anything different. I come my funny story. We always say we try real hard, try real hard. My family. My grandfather was actually a monk. He was in a monastery to be a Jesuit. Ooh, really? And um, is a Jesuit priest? Anyway, yep, Jesuits, yes, yeah. Yep. I'm like you think Very I would know this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. So anyway, he was in the monastery, but he actually left it to go fight in World War II. Oh, awesome! And be a medic, and he was in China, and we actually have pictures of him on his leave. He would go to um, the convent mm-hmm. and the Jesuit priests that were there, and we actually have relics from saints that they gave to him to keep safe because it was right before um the was it the burning the rape of nanking mm-hmm. where they killed all of yeah, the yeah, nuns, where they, all they of the priests totally, yeah wiped it yep. out yep wow so i'm actually trying to find the convent or the sisters that gave us those relics so we can return them where they belong but because everything was just annihilated over in china as you know oh yeah uh, yeah so yeah anyway if anyone knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just let us know. Email, email yep. Redbeard. He'll he'll That's handle right. that business. Yep. I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> he's researching right now. I know. I'm sure. He's like relics. He's like, what, what are relics? What's that relics? clicking noise. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a finger. You never know. It's actually mostly skin that yeah. we have. Yeah, Catholics are amazing. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, I'm so, ready. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I grew up a devout Catholic. Um, he obviously never went back to the monastery. He married my grandmother. And so both my father and my mother were devout Catholics. So I kind of grew up never not knowing God. Right. Never not knowing Christ. Right. Um, always having an active prayer life. Uh, my parents were very much involved in like Habitat for Humanity, even though we were very, very poor, like Salvation Army clothes poor. Whatever we did have to give time and talent, not treasure, we were just modeled by my parents to do that. But per usual, came out to college and I didn't go to church at all. I still prayed and I still knew who God was. And then um, I was 18, met a boy. Oh, yeah. Fell in love. There it is. Um, he was from Wisconsin. I met him on my summer home. He actually moved to Laramie to be with me. We did not live together or anything, but he and his buddy moved to Laramie. He, uh, we, the three of us were driving back for Christmas, hit a patch of black ice. Mm. Um, the truck rolled, and the whole top of it was sheared off by the cement on the overpass. So when I woke up, I was hanging upside down in the snow in the back seat, started digging around, trying to find the guy that was previously in the back seat. Right. Um, Through the course of them trying to get us out of the car, John is his name. He bled to death. Mm. Uh, As often happens, you think later about what happened. Um, We were at a gas station maybe 10 minutes before the wreck. Right. And the whole this was in Iowa. So the whole time I hadn't worn my seatbelt. From Laramie to Iowa. Hmm. Didn't wear it. The boys weren't wearing theirs. We were at that um, gas station. Something just told me we were on the road for about two minutes. And I'm like, well, we should put our seatbelts on. So I put my seatbelt on. I was like, John, you should put your seatbelt on. He's like, no, I'm fine. If anything happens, I want to be able to move around anyway. Right. Um, Find out later, he actually had thrown himself on top of me Hmm. and saved my life. Wow. So. That's some love right there, too. Right. 
So 18 year old girl. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, you, you're yeah. not a mess at all at yeah, this point. Right. I remember my parents coming in and I remember looking at them and thinking distinctly, all right, I have two choices. And I've written about this on the blog a couple of mm-hmm. times. I can just pretend this didn't happen and not deal with this. Mm-hmm. Or I can deal with this in the best way possible to keep more people from hurting, right. meaning my parents. Right. And so that's the decision I made. Um, at that time, I was working 40 plus hours a week graveyard shift at a gas station in Laramie to put myself through college. I had 21 credit hours that I was taking. At once? Yeah. Woman, what what are you thinking? At what point did you realize you hate yourself? I know, right? (laughs) And did they put you on suicide watch? No, they did not. Because a lot of times they do that. No, I would go days without sleeping. Yeah, I would go days without sleeping. I'd go three days. I want to know: Were you just eating the coffee out of the? No. Do you know what? Diet Pepsi and tuna fish sandwiches, baby. I lived off of that, but uh, I didn't. I had to get back to go to work. Yeah. Or I wouldn't have enough money. So did the funeral, spoke at the funeral, and flew back out to Laramie uh, the next day. This was just to age myself well before PTSD would have ever been associated with right. an 18-year-old girl in a car wreck. Right. This was well before um, survivor guilt was anything that was commonly talked about. Right. Looking back, I definitely had both of those things. Oh, without a doubt. Um, definitely. But... I don't see how you at at that age would not have that. Yeah. Well, anyone, right? Right. Anyone would. Exactly. Anyone would. Yeah. So um, just my faith in God. All right. There's a plan. There's a reason I'm alive. That Mm -hmm. is what kept me from going insane. There's a plan. God has a plan for me. There's a reason I'm here. I didn't do any of the like, oh, I have to live my best life to make John's death worthwhile because I had that's I don't think that's how it works. It's I think there's a purpose for me still to be here, but yes. I wasn't going to put the pressure on myself of you have to be perfect and you have to make all the right decisions because th- otherwise his life was in vain. I think you got five little things at the house that tell you one of the reasons Amen. you needed to be here. Amen. Because their lives are important to all of us as well. Yeah. And even though I didn't know that at the time, because of my faith, I did know that God is good all the time. Amen. All the time, God is good. Um, So that was the first, I would say, real like, okay, you know, brought me back to God in a way Mm -hmm. that I had never been before. And then um, the second time I got married, you know, met a cowboy, got married Green-eyed cowboy. Um, green-eyed cowboy. Really funny side note. My mom found a list I made when I was in seventh grade of a hundred things I wanted in my husband. How many does he hit? There were only two he did not. Oh, and it even had green eyes on there. All right. Creepy. Pretty, yeah. Creepy. Yeah. She um, some would a, say it's the Holy Spirit. Some people would say I'm creepy. Whatever some, you want. Some people would call her a stalker. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's it's either way. You you go with what you go, girl. I know it, right? <laughs> um, so anyway, got married, waited a year, wanted to start a family. All I've wanted my whole life was to be a mother. All Mm -hmm. I've wanted my whole entire life was to be a mother. I picked being a teacher because it was the closest thing I could get. And I knew that it would be the most cohesive to being a mother if I had to be a working mom. Um, So got pregnant with our first baby and I lost it six Mm. weeks in. I, how, what? Yeah. I floored. Absolutely floored. Absolutely floored. Um, And then I got pregnant again and I was 
petrified. I probably took 10 pregnancy tests a day because I wanted to make sure everything was still okay. The hormone levels were okay. I mean, I was a wreck to the point where my husband and one of my close friends at the time did an intervention. Hmm. And they were like, we get it. We understand why you're scared about losing this baby, but you are going to hurt yourself and the baby if you keep up this level of stress. Give it to God. You've had faith in his plan and all these other things. Have faith in his plan about this good thing that he's given you too. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I've struggled with the most. I always have faith when the bad things happen that it's going to be okay. Right. But for me, when something good is happening, I struggle to relax and enjoy it. It is funny. And trust it. Many, many people struggle uh, not at failure, but at success. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you're you're at a different level with that, especially with your body. You know, mm-hmm. you're going, uh, everything's going right. Yeah. Something, you're waiting yeah. for the shoe to drop. Yeah, 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 because okay. it already did drop. And I know it can drop. Right. And I'm not oblivious anymore, but. So there you are. You're pregnant. You yep. got the second one and. Everything's fine. Everything was fine. We got fir- first baby, second baby, third baby. No problem. Almost two years apart. Absolutely beautiful. Wonderful. Doing the stay-at-home mom gig. Got the hang of it. Decide we're ready to try and have baby number four. Get pregnant. Super excited. Been there, done that. And we lose the baby. Hmm. And I'm just floored because that is not what I expected. No, no. We've had three perfect. Yeah, of course. You know, you talked to yourself. Okay, the first one, my body didn't know what it was doing. Like, you know what I mean? But, But I've had three successful pregnancies with no problem. And I lose that baby. So, you know, we just have faith in God and we pray and we know the timing will be right. Get pregnant again. And, you know, the heartbeat. We have all that stuff. And I lost the baby. Two in a row. Like absolutely heartbroken does not even begin to discuss it. And anyone that's listening, that's been through this, you know, you know what this is like. But, um, so we met with our doctor and when we've had two in a row, there's things you can do, you know, chemicals that you can try and take if you get Mm -hmm. pregnant again to make everything stay. And my husband and I, we just prayed and prayed and we decided that if God wanted us to only have three children, Mm-hmm. That's what it would be. We decided that we would just keep on trying and that what we were given is what we were given. Right. And then we had two more children. So let me ask you this. How did you deal with the middle of the night? I mean, after you lose, and I know this might be mm-hmm. a tough question. I, I can handle it. But in the middle of the night after you go, now let's think about we're talking to that young 20-year-old girl that recently lost a baby. Mm-hmm. And she is trying to process this mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. What did you do to to help you get through those moments? You hit your knees. You hit your knees. And being Catholic, Hail right. Mary, that is my go-to prayer. Right. I don't know if you know that one or oh, not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Hail Mary is my go-to um, prayer. You know, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. I love that because he's with me too. Right. And he's got his arms wrapped around me and he's with my baby. You bet. Because I believe, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're that, li- that's a yep, life. That, that they're absolutely. Life that's a important. soul from the moment of conception. That right. is a person. And I know that there is no better place we would want our children than heaven. Amen. And, you know, those are the times that uh, we don't get sad. What we get is a little homesick mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that is home. Mm-hmm. We're, we're passing through. Yep. Here. Yep. Amen. So. Amen. Uh, 
Yeah. All right. So your kids is what brought you. You told me that's what yeah. brought you closer. Yeah, to it was. It was. And because all of a sudden you realize you need help. Right. <laughs> you have this sweet little thing and you're going, OK, what do I do? His parents aren't coming back because I'm his parents yeah. and it's two 30 in the morning and I haven't slept. To be an adult. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I remember, <laughs> so I was a real tense first time mother. Anyone that sees me now would not believe it. Cause now I'm like, yeah, eat the hamburger off the sidewalk. That's cool. <laughs> I'm sure it's still fine. 10 minute rule. 10 yeah. minute oh, rule. 10 day. Heck <laughs> you find it. You can eat it. Yeah. Good job. Good, Good job. job. That's so I, I was super tense and I wanted to do everything right because I cared so much and I remember my the baby was JD is his name he was four months old and I just I was he had colic and he didn't sleep and it was terrible and I was just hysterically sobbing one day when my husband came home and I'm like I don't know what to do and he gave me this big lecture like hey God gave you this baby for a reason Mm -hmm. you are the best mother for him you have got to take a deep breath and let go and I know there's 800 people telling you what to do but you are the mother and this is our time to raise this baby and we're gonna do it our way I found out later he went back outside to do something and was in utter panic mode because he was like oh my god if she doesn't know what am I supposed to do but he pulled it out and that partner that you were talking about right I was having a weak moment and he stepped up to the plate even though he didn't really know if what he was saying was right and just gave me the strength I needed um and just what can you you just need help right you just there's so much responsibility and you don't know if you're messing it up and you just pray, oh, God, you're, you're, give me the strength. God, help me to have the right words. Please help them only go to therapy for five years mm-hmm. instead of 10. Like, yeah. I mean, keep yeah. them safe. Oh, keep my them safe. My daughter endlessly tells me and my wife, do you know how much therapy this is going to require? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> and there's just things that you can't, like, you. they're going to get picked on. There's things that are going to happen that you can't be there for. And you just have to have faith that God is always there and the things that are happening to them are the things that are going to make them into the people that God has planned for them to be. And I just try and guide the best I can. And um, we were talking off air a little bit about doing everything with love. Mm-hmm. And as a mother, sometimes we can feel bedraggled, especially a stay at home mom. How many times do I have to do laundry? I've made three meals today and no one wants to eat any of it. And there's a lot of repetition and there's a lot of exhaustion and it can turn to bitterness very easily and bitterness towards your spouse, towards the children. And I found that if I did it with the attitude of this is love and this is service, Mm -hmm. that it made everything better. Without a doubt. And, you know, uh, my mother always prepared uh, two meals every night. Take it or leave it. Amen. I mean, that was that's that. what we do. If you don't eat it now, you'll eat a real good breakfast. <laughs> yeah, they, that's how we roll. <laughs> it'll it'll stay there till yeah. you're ready to eat. Right, it. right. And you seem to have turned out okay. I did. Yeah. And it, I never had a problem eating. Obviously. Yeah. You seem all right. You I seem sturdy seem okay. and strong. Grit and grace. <clears throat> there you go. Now, when it comes to 
your future plans. Where do you plan on going with things? Okay, you're going to get these kids raised at some point. What? And then at some point, you what do you want to do in your career? And where are you going to take you you and that wonderful green-eyed cowboy? What, the, <laughs> what are the two of you going to He's hoping I can doing? make enough money so he can retire. Like, that, he's digging the fact that I started going back to work and finally contributing to this family. No, I, I'm just kidding. I'll bet he didn't put it that way. <laughs> he did not. And, you know, can I throw that out there? I, I'm sure you have a lot of male listeners. Yep. Um, something that made all the difference for me as a mother and continues to do so is that my husband makes it very clear that he values the work that I do in the home. Amen. He understands that what I do and taking care of doctor's appointments and kids and clothes and groceries and all that allows him to just go to work and only worry about work. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. You bet. Christy and I plan on doing a show where just her and I sit down and talk about the rules. You know, when we first got married, I was still in a bike. Uh, well, I was in a bike club mm-hmm. and she came right in alongside of me and then we lived that whole life. But our marriage, you know, we've been married for 33 years. Congratulations. And uh, with that, we always, we've always been there for each other. We've had some very basic rules that we'll discuss when we do that show. But you can't wait. I'm riveted. I want to. <laughs> but what we, the, the, the thing is, is that a couple has to be a couple. It can't be, I'm the husband, you're the wife. Yeah. You do this and I do that. Or I need you to work because we need to make it. No. You know, we, us. we, we, it's an us. Yeah. It's always us. Yeah. I wrote a post about that us versus them. And actually Dr. Laura, you know, she, mm-hmm. oh, she yeah. posted it on her site. Awesome. It's called us versus them. You can go in the search bar on my blog and find it, but I agree. It's, it's us against them when it's the kids. <laughs> yeah. And that is an actual thing. You it do is. have to have that moment. It is, especially if you're, especially if you're outnumbered. That's true. Um, as far as my plans, I'm sure you kind of picked up on that from my story. It was kind of a, I'm just going to do what I do. And then all of a sudden these opportunities just keep on coming. And Mm -hmm. so I look at each opportunity, what's best for my family. If the radio show, um, opportunity and going back to work that I started in January had happened two years ago, it would have been a flat out. No, because my babies would have still been too little. Right. You know, um, Now my focus is continuing to spread that message of grit and grace through the blog. I am blessed to work at a radio station that allows me to do that exact same message on air Mm -hmm. with them, with their listeners. And now I'm starting to do speaking engagements across the state of Wyoming, spreading that message of grit and grace. Um, I actually have seven public appearances in the next two weeks, a little busy right now. Um, But that's my goal. I want to talk to people and offer that support um, the hard-won wisdom so that maybe they know they're not alone. Good. And and uh, one more time, how did they reach you? PrairieWifeInHeels.com. That's my blog, and it is across all social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and you can email me through there. You can message me through there. I am, as Redbeard can vouch, that's how he got a hold of me. I can find people from time to time. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) More than willing to be there for anyone. And like I said, I have a lot of women that reach out to me that have undergone the preventive mastectomy with further questions, and I'm more than happy to communicate and help about anything and everything. Yeah, and we, you know, we got a lot of young 
a lot of young mothers and a lot of young single mothers that listen to this show as well. And I want to encourage them to reach out and to read your blog, but not only just to read it, but to not have any fear of reaching out to you and asking questions. Oh, no, I am. How do I deal with this? Yeah, no, please, 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 please do. I love it. That is what I want to do is offer that support that I didn't feel like that I had. So definitely. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you. You have um, you have brought us up a notch. I don't know about <laughs> that, but I'm ready to come back whenever because this was super fun. <laughs> well, I appreciate you very much. And so you got anything you need to add before we go, boss? Well, we got the usual. Check us out on our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, adding some new ones, kind of playing around with that. And I'll keep everybody apprised as we go, but. Any closing words from you, young miss? I always end everything with lead a life of grit and grace, sass and style. Amen. And I always end things with, you know, Jesus loves you and you know, I love you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do to stop us. Today's episode is brought to you by William Stover one of our generous contributors. Thanks again, William.